So, Jesus is teaching one day in the synagogue, and you can imagine him sitting, most likely, and talking with the people, and they are sitting as well, probably talking with him. Uh, they don't sit and be quiet. It's the way that they learn together. They're talking back and forth. They're interrupting each other. But Jesus is going through all this, teaching them, and I assume and imagine that the people are amazed. They're listening in wonder. And while Jesus is teaching, the door opens, and in comes some woman bent over, slowly making her way in. I don't know if she's trying to be quiet or not, but here she comes through the door. I don't know if maybe she's there to see Jesus or not. I don't know if maybe she knew he was going to be there and she was hoping that she would at least be able to hear him or maybe even hoping that maybe he would lay his hand on her, that something would happen. People often did that. They would speak out in the crowds and ask Jesus, heal me or hear me, make me whole. Maybe that's what she had in her mind. Of course, then again, maybe she just didn't know when the service started. Is it 10.45 or 11? You know, you never quite remember, right? Maybe they hadn't updated their website lately. But here she walks in in the middle of Jesus' teaching. Quite often it is the person who initiates contact with Jesus. It is the person who cries out to Jesus. But as she comes in, it's Jesus who calls out to her. I imagine he makes eye contact with her. I imagine he ignores everybody else who's looking at her and murmuring. And he looks her dead in the eye. He says, Woman, come here. You are free from your ailment. How many of you know that an ailment can control you? Many of us know people who have some kind of condition. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's some kind of ongoing sickness. But that sickness or whatever it is isn't just something that they have. It's something that they identify them, themselves by. And so we become a person who we relate ourselves to cancer. We either say, I'm a cancer battler, I'm a cancel, cancer a fighter, or something like that. We relate ourselves to our ailments. Because what we realize is that these ailments take over us. They take control of us. And maybe it's not a disease. I had a friend, actually I had two friends, um, but I had one friend who every time you would ask him, how are you? He would say, I'm old. Of course, he was, he was trying to be funny, but he was relating his identity to a supposed ailment. Maybe it's a disease, maybe it's a condition, maybe it's a feeling, maybe it's an emotion. But these ailments become our identity. They control us. They dictate who we are, how we live our lives, and the things that we do. When we understand that, I think we can appreciate exactly what Jesus told that woman. You are set free. Think, have you finally been set free 
How you feeling? Because you know, if Jesus says you're set free, you know what you are? Set free. Woman, you are set free, and immediately Luke tells us she begins praising God. Now, I don't know what that exactly means. I don't, does that mean she broke out into song? Does it mean she started laughing and praying out loud? Was she a hugger? Did she go around hugging everybody and say, look at me, look what's going on? I don't know what this praising God for her looked like, but I do know that whatever Jesus was teaching, whatever the people were talking about, whatever was going on, she interrupted it all. And you know how people can get when you um, start playing with their order of worship in the bulletin? I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying. As she praised God, you want to know the truth? Not everybody was celebrating. And it's at that point in the story that I think we better understand why Luke is telling us this story. See, it's not about so much that Christ has the ability or the desire to set us free. Jesus already told us that. In Luke chapter 4, if you remember Jesus being in the synagogue, they handed him the scroll of Isaiah, and he looked for it, he said, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and to release the captives. See, we knew Jesus wanted to do that, and we know Jesus can do that. So I don't think Luke is saying, Look, here it is. See, now you can believe it. I think he's trying to show us something else. This isn't a story about healing, necessarily. It's not a story about freedom. It's a story about hypocrites. Now, usually, I think when you and I think of a hypocrite, we think of someone who says something and then says something else later, or does something later. And certainly maybe there's a sense of hypocrisy in that, but that's more what we call lying, right? That's another sermon, another Sunday. But at least, well, you see that Jesus didn't accuse the religious leader of lying, did he? Because what the religious leader said was true. You know what? There are six other days. And according to his tradition, that's when you come and do all that healy-feely good stuff. But today has its own purpose, and don't you dare go against it. That was their tradition. That was their truth. He was not lying. But Jesus didn't say, you liar. He said, you hypocrite. And hypocrites aren't people who necessarily lie. Do you know who the hypocrites are in Jesus' day? They are the people who wear masks. Now, who in the world wears a mask? Actors. You can imagine Jesus' day, people going to, not the cinema, but some coliseum-type place, and the way that they would put on shows is each person would wear a mask. They were actors. Right? This week, the big news was, oh man, Ben Affleck, or no, who is it that's playing Batman now? Is it Ben Affleck? Is that why he's on your mind? Or you just thought you guys looked that good together, right? Okay, good. <laughs> but these are actors. 
are actors. Now, who would play you in your movie? Did you think about it? Okay. That's good. I can see that. That's perfect. Who else? Who's going to play you? Betty White. Okay. I like it. Okay. Good. Okay. Who plays you? Okay. Good. I'm thinking more maybe, you know, Arnold. Palmer. But whoever plays you in your movie, you know what they're probably going to do? They're going to try to learn things about you. Maybe they'll sit down with you. Maybe they'll ask your family about who you are and things you like to do. So they can get into character. And when they go and star in your movie, you know what they're going to be doing? Acting. That's what we want them to do. We want them to act. And depending on who your star is, they'll probably do a good job. But they are going to be playing a And Jesus did not call out that religious leader and all the other people like him for lying, but he called them out for playing a religious part. Are you all with me? These were the people who had on some kind of religious mask who were acting. And they were guided by their rules and the things that were comfortable for them. So much so, that they could not live in to the power of God that was right in front of their eyes. You hypocrites. Have you ever heard the argument? <sighs> the church, it's full of hypocrites. Are people right when they say that? Maybe so. Maybe so, right? But what I want to know is, how did church, how did the community of faith stop being a place where people could come and be real? Because, and I'm not saying anything about any of you, I'm just saying in my church experience, if someone were to walk in that door right now, just like that woman, and to have some kind of experience with God, you know what some people would do? She might want to go down to church down the street. Because, you know, we don't do that kind of stuff here. We're Methodist. You might want to check your Methodist uh, history, folks. Just saying. But not everybody would celebrate it. Why is that? Well, because church is where you come and you sit down and you be quiet. You pay attention. You listen. And you don't act up. Is that what God has called us to be? It's kind of hard to transform the world when you're sitting down being quiet. That's why sometimes you've got to get... Y'all with me? But I will tell you this. The good thing we see in this story is that this is something that has been around since day one. Jesus is calling out hypocrites. Jesus is saying the church is full of hypocrites. And the people are saying the same thing today. Why? Because it is true not anything special to our time. People like to play 
the part. We sometimes like to think, well, yeah, that's other people. I don't like to wear masks. I'm, I'm straightforward. I'm honest. Really? This is perfect. Mr. Tough Guy. Mr. I've got it all together. Mrs. I'm okay. I'm good. Some of us hide behind the mask of success. Or we hide behind the mask of getting by. But we still wear the masks. I don't know why. Because if we think about that scene that we're reading today, the people who couldn't have the freedom that Christ wanted to give and was able to give were the ones who weren't willing to take off the mask. That woman is a new woman. She's not the one, oh, you see sister so-and-so, who's that? Well, she's the one that walks like this. She's not that woman anymore. She has been set free. The only people who couldn't have that freedom were the ones who didn't want to take off their mask. Friends, you and I need to pray because, let's be honest, we have our masks. We play our parts. And if you want to begin to live into the freedom more today, I'm going to invite you to, uh, to pray with me. Oh God, we trust that Christ has come to bring freedom to our souls. Freedom so that we could love you and serve you more. So God, forgive us when we have been unwilling to live into that freedom, to remove our masks, and to be open with you and your people. God, much like you did with that woman in the synagogue that day, Free us for joyful obedience. In Jesus' name.